WTC Minneapolis St. Paul FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis fueled by Lucky Station With SRN News I'm Bob Agnew in Washington UK police have charged a truck driver with 39 counts of manslaughter and conspiracy to traffic in connection with 39 deaths in the back of the truck he was driving. It happened in southeastern England. Bracing for blackouts, California's PG&E says it's going to flick the switch on up to 2 million residents this weekend due to the threat of wind-whipped wildfires. We do not want to be one of those sources. One of those sources that could possibly spark a fire, PGE's Andrew Vesey urging residents to Pay attention to the warning. If you have not yet signed up for automated advance notifications of the PSPS, please take this opportunity to do so as well. Forecaster Scott Strenfel telling KGO-TV Diablo winds are to blame. The National Weather Service is also forecasting uh, gusts uh, for many areas in elevated terrain, uh, 45 to 60 miles per hour. Blackout may affect 2 million residents. This is SRN News. Larry Elder doesn't understand Senator Romney. He hasn't said should be impeached. But he's now said that he would be open to it depending upon the evidence when there's a trial in the Senate. And he is the first Republican senator who suggested, suggested that depending upon the evidence, he may vote to convict and throw the president out of office. Mitt Romney is a very, very interesting guy, isn't he? The Larry Elder Show, afternoons at 5 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Mitch Berg is out on assignment, but have no fear. The Northern Alliance Radio Network closer is here. That's right. The great Brad Carlson will be filling in for Mitch today. Now, here's your Twin Cities forecast brought to you by Great Plains Windows and Doors. We got a beautiful sunny day, a high of 57 tonight. Increasing clouds, a low of 36. Stand your weekend, though. Another nice day. Chance of sprinkles, high of 44 on Sunday. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the show that's making talk radio great again. The spot of red in a sea of dingy, depressing institutional blue. No, this isn't Mitch Berg. I, I, pretty good, isn't it? I, try, I was trying to do my uh, best uh, Mitch Berg imitation. But uh, uh, Terminator N already gave it away in the uh, uh, commercial break or the intro um, or his weather forecast, I should say. Uh, when he said the great Brad Carlson was filling in, I appreciate that Terminator in, but uh, there's only one uh, great individual that ever walked this earth. It's not me, but I appreciate it. Uh, nonetheless, yes, it is me, Brad Carlson. Normally heard Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m., uh, filling in for Mitch Berg, as a Terminator and alluded to, is out on assignment. Uh, Mitch was initially scheduled to uh, fill in for me tomorrow, but unfortunately that did not work out, so there will be a best of broadcast tomorrow since, well, I already made alternate plans for tomorrow since I'm broadcasting today. And uh, I got to tell you, boy, given the weather, it's a beautiful day to be outside, so uh, we'll definitely look forward to being outside once the show is over. But hey, we still got a couple hours of broadcast time uh, to get to, so we want to uh, continue to move on with that. I uh, got a couple of guests uh, coming up in the broadcast later on. So uh, before we get to uh, our uh, guests that will be on, uh, we have uh, Sarah Qualley of Personhood Alliance on at one thirty, 
And Stephen Gutowski, a writer for the Washington Free Beacon, will be joining us at 2. But obviously I want to give the uh, obligatory nod to the uh, impeachment inquiries. Well, uh, it depends on who you listen to. Now, legal legal minds, great legal minds, or at least legal minds far superior to mine, which, of course, I have no legal acumen whatsoever, are saying, well, because there are secret meetings being held behind closed doors, this isn't technically an impeachment inquiry because there hasn't even been taken a there hasn't even been a vote taken on it, and they're interviewing witnesses and key figures into the potential impeachment into President Donald Trump uh, to see if there should even be any articles of impeachment filed. So uh, it's it's interesting some of the legal semantics that are going back and forth, uh, but the question I've had and a question that a lot of people have had is if the evidence is so damning towards President Trump, if it's so overwhelming towards him uh, regarding the quid pro quo or the alleged quid pro quo with Ukrainian President uh, Z- uh, how do you pronounce his name? Zelezny? I, for- I, uh, I forget. Sorry, I forgot. I uh, lost my place here. Well, anyways, uh, the point is, is that if the evidence is overwhelming, against uh, uh, Zelensky. I'm sorry, not Zelensky. Where did I get that? Zelensky. President Zelensky of Ukraine. Of course, you remember the story from the outset. Uh, President Trump, when he called uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky, congratulating him on his election victory and asking him to look uh, further into, uh, apparently he didn't mention Biden by name, but a certain uh, investigation regarding uh, Joe Biden's uh, pressuring uh, Ukraine saying that uh, regarding uh, Biden's son's business dealings. And there was apparently an investigation that the president felt was warranted. And the allegation is the president threatened to hold up aid, uh, foreign aid, to Ukraine unless uh, President Zelensky fulfilled his request. Now, the aid was delayed, which uh, after the phone call was made in July, and this was confusing to... uh, members within the uh, administration. And it was later ascertained that uh, by this phone call that it appeared the president said, look, you know, uh, we may have to hold up this aid if uh, this isn't isn't fulfilled. But the president denies it was a quid pro quo. But it definitely is a nothing. It definitely is not a nothing burger. So I'm kind of rambling. I get that. But point is, is that if these meetings are being held in secret and the public are don't get an opportunity to hear what's going on and to decide for the, for themselves, is that maybe the objective of uh, of Adam Schiff, who of course is the lead uh, is the uh, chair of this uh, this particular committee? Okay, is is that possibly um, you know his uh, end game here? Uh, so. And especially since he didn't exactly cover himself in glory during these particular, uh, at the outset when he read a parody of the transcript of the president's call with uh, President uh, Zelensky. Okay, that that certainly was was a tacky uh, approach to the outset. And then there was uh, uh, some shift didn't communicate correctly what the discussion was between he and and the whistleblower, of course, the whistleblower who's yet to be identified, that it initially brought to light the president's phone call with the Ukrainian uh, president. 
So Guy Benson, I thought, had a pretty good synopsis of this at uh, townhall.com this past week. Uh, On Monday evening, following comments from string of House Intelligence Committee Democrats about the supposedly explosive and potentially game-changing testimony of Bill Taylor, who is a U.S. chief of mission in Ukraine, the full transcript of his prepared opening statement was made public. While it does not, in my view, represent the unequivocal impeachment's smoking gun that some are framing it as, it strikes me as powerful and highly concerning. You can read the, uh, you can find the entire transcript, I believe, on uh, if you just do a Google search, if you'd like to uh, check it out for yourself. Uh, but Taylor comes across as a bright, earnest, committed public servant who is motivated by American foreign policy interests, not domestic politics. His long history of distinguished military and diplomatic service spans uh, spans administrations from both parties, and his commitment to countering Russian aggression is crystal clear. Any attempts to attack or smear Taylor for telling the truth based on his meticulously detailed notes would be a mistake. So, and Guy Benson does a terrific job. He uh, put together kind of his uh, his thoughts on the uh, the opening statement, which you know was made public. Now, the problem is other uh, statements that have been given behind closed doors have been leaked to media outlets, and as we've come to know. Media outlets aren't exactly uh, the most consistent when it comes to conveying what has been leaked to them. And unfortunately, in today's media culture, they have a tendency to put their own spin on it. But I'll read, uh, continuing reading from um, Guy Benson's piece, as Mark Thiessen wrote on Tuesday, Ukraine being unaware of the force behind the quid is a meaningful factor, as is the relative appropriateness of the quo. Many foreign policy quid pro quos are wholly acceptable and responsible. Again, though, a president requesting or demanding that a foreign government publicly announce an investigation into a political rival's family in the course of conducting American foreign policy is an illegitimate abuse of power. So this is what, this is kind of the crux of the matter here. You know, can the Trump administration prove that it wasn't doing so for his own best interests. I mean, let's be honest, Trump has got to where he's got not not as president, but you know, in his business career, by always doing things in his best interests. And if things have fallen apart, you know, obviously his business career is well documented, the failings that he's had and yet has been able to rebuild his empire to a certain extent. Uh obviously this is a guy that's uh you know that's always going to do things within his best interest. And he doesn't know how to separate, you know, his business dealings from obviously his uh, role as commander-in-chief. And this was something that was most concerning to me about Trump when he was elected. You know, I was willing to be open-minded, give him a chance, but it's like, would he be able to distinguish the mindset of a business person from being commander-in-chief? Now, to a certain extent, some people look at that as a feature, not a bug. They say, well, you know, we've been dealing with uh, uh, classic politicians as presidents of the United States for forever, it's nice to have someone in there with a different perspective that doesn't really care about the the mire and the muck that is Washington D.C. politics and want to drain the proverbial swamp. Well, and, and again, that's all fine and good. I get that, but there are certain protocols that have to be be uh, followed. And again, this isn't you know as as has been emphasized several times. This isn't a, uh, a legal issue. This whole impeachment process it's a, it's a political one, and can it be proven that? The president is unfit to serve because he is, you know, in this case, the charge abusing his power. 
Uh, continuing with Guy Benson's piece, uh, second, despite a lack of public announcement from Zelensky on the investigations, which would have boxed in the Ukrainian leader, Trump reportedly said, the aid ultimately did flow to Ukraine. If there was supposed to be an arrangement, it fell apart. And third, is there any compelling case that Taylor may have misinterpreted the stalemate line, which is a pivotal phrase in all this? So let me see if I can find it. Yeah. Uh, the ambassador Sondland uh, insisted there was no quid pro quo, but Taylor says he understood the situation to be exactly that, interpreting the stalemate line as a perceived threat, i.e. if Trump didn't get public uh, announcement of desired probes, the military aid might just get stuck. So uh, I'll just read this quick excerpt from uh, Mr. Taylor uh, giving it in his opening statement. On September 7th, I had a conversation with Mr. Morrison in which he described a phone conversation earlier that day between Ambassador Sondland and President Trump. Mr. Morrison said that he had a sinking feeling after learning about this conversation from Ambassador Sondland. According to Mr. Morrison, President Trump told Ambassador Sondland that he was not asking for a quid pro quo, but President Trump did insist that President Zelensky go to a microphone and say he is opening investigations of Biden and 2016 election interference and that President Zelensky should want to do this himself. Mr. Morrison said that he told Ambassador Bolton and National Security Council lawyers of this phone call between President Trump and Ambassador Sondland. The following day on September 8, Ambassador Sondland and I spoke on the phone. He said he had talked to President Trump, as I had suggested a week earlier, but that President Trump was adamant that President Zelensky himself had to clear things up and do it in public. President Trump said that it was not a quid pro quo. Ambassador Sondland said he had talked to uh, President Zelensky and Mr. Yermak and told them that although this was not a quid pro quo, if President Zelensky did not clear things up in public, we would be at a stalemate. I understood a stalemate to mean that Ukraine would not receive the much-needed military assistance. Ambassador Sondland said that this conversation concluded with President Zelensky agreeing to make a public statement in an interview with CNN. Okay, so um, that could be something if President Trump actually had some talented lawyers, coherent lawyers, that they might be able to exploit, but given his representation right now is Rudy Giuliani, which God bless Rudy Giuliani. I'll, I'll always be a great admirer of his work as mayor of New York city in the aftermath of nine 11. All right. And, and the way his bold leadership at that point and, and the way that he helped clean up crime in New York city when he was first elected mayor in 1993. But given if you've ever seen his TV appearances, He's more of a liability to the president than anything with some of the things he says. So like I say, if if the president had coherent legal representation, they could exploit that phrase stalemate and say, well, okay, we've reached a stalemate here. You're not going to go to the microphone and announce this publicly. Uh, so I guess we'll just have to uh, you know, move on with life. Uh, that would be a pretty tough sell, let's be honest. But again, I'm not a legal mind, so obviously there are some... Uh, legal contortionists out there, so to speak, that could maybe make hay with that, but uh, um, that's going to be the the word that they're, you know, that they're hung up upon. And as Guy Benson mentioned in this piece, and I'll read this phrase again: If there was supposed to be an arrangement, it fell apart. Uh, but third, if there's any compelling case that Taylor may have misinterpreted the stalemate line, which is a pivotal line in all this, we need more testimony. 
On the other side of the ledger, simply chanting the words no quid pro quo, even in real time, does not mean there wasn't a quid pro quo in practice. So even if you know the aid was released like it was supposed to, like it was earmarked to go to Ukraine, um, the fa- if, there, if the fact that the president threatened to withhold it, if President Zelensky did not go to a microphone and say he was opening an investigation into the Biden shenanigans of 2016, um, that would still be an issue, okay? And that would still be, uh, in my mind, an abuse of power. But again, that's something that is going to uh, have to be definitely uh, uh, hammered home and proven uh, but because we don't see the hearings in uh, in public and in real time, we're just going to have to rely on transcripts and whatnot. So uh, uh, definitely a lot to unpack. And uh, I'll tell you what, why don't I come back on the other side and talk a little bit more about another aspect of this. Uh, there was a, uh, uh, a statement made by Judge Napolitano, Andrew Napolitano on Fox News. It said the Republicans, congressional Republicans, are actually to blame for secret meetings. How? Well, we'll come back and talk a little bit about that right here on AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance, Radio Network. Go nowhere. Just to see me stand over my bed, disbelieving what they see. Hi, my name's Christina Stumble, and I own Farm Girl Flowers in San Francisco. With my Spark Cash Card from Capital One, I earn unlimited 2% cash back on all my business purchases. Last year, I redeemed $115,000 in cash back. Yeah, $115,000. And that doubled our digital marketing budget for the summer. Thanks to my Spark Card, we had our best summer yet. Imagine what the Spark Card from Capital One could do for your business. What's in your wallet? Real Capital One customers pay for real stories. Credit approval required. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS, and they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. This is a solicitation of insurance by eHealth, an insurance agency offering plans from different insurance companies. No government or Medicare affiliation. The described coverage is not available in all counties or cases. Paid actor portrayal. Hi, I'm Dave Nemeth. And I'm Barbara Niven. You may have seen us on television talking about an all-in-one card that has the Medicare community talking. The one that gives you coverage for hospital care, doctor visits, prescription drugs, in many cases, even eyeglasses and dental care. For a monthly price that some people find too 
too good to be true. Except it is true. One card, one company, one complete package of Medicare benefits designed to help you get well and stay well. Now that's something worth talking about. Watch your mailbox or learn more online at OneCardNow.com. That's OneCardNow.com. Please don't put this off. It's too important. Visit OneCardNow.com for free information with no obligation. That's OneCardNow.com. How can you draw closer to God and increase your knowledge of His Word? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. By reading four chapters a day, you'll read the entire Bible in less than a year. Or pick a specific topic, such as the life of Christ or the New Testament. Choose among more than 20 free Bible reading plans from 45 to 100 days. BibleStudyTools.com lets you choose your favorite translation. Track your progress and grow your faith online at BibleStudyTools.com. Welcome back in 12 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. And no, you are not in a time warp. It is Saturday. I am filling in for my friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, on the headliner edition of the Narn. Glad to be with you. Here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Narn Show, hashtag NRN Show. Are there Democrats... Uh, by holding uh, closed-door meetings? Well, according to Judge Andrew Napolitano, he was on Fox & Friends uh, this past week, he says that the Republicans have to blame their own party for the current House rules allowing closed-door interviews as part of the impeachment proceedings. This is from a story at the Washington Examiner. In an interview on Fox & Friends, Napolitano noted that House rules being used by Chairman Adam Schiff have been in place since 2015 when Republicans were in the majority. I read the House rules, said Napolitano, and as frustrating as it may be to have these hearings going on behind closed doors, the hearings for which Congressman Schiff is presiding, they are consistent with the rules. Napolitano maintained that former House Speaker John Boehner and the 2015 House Republicans are responsible for allowing the current closed-door process to take place in the House. They can't change the rules. They follow the rules. And when were the rules written last? In January of 2015. And who signed them? John Boehner. And who enacted them? A Republican majority, Napolitano explained. The judge noted that these impeachment proceedings aren't official impeachment hearings, so the closed-door policy is consistent with the rules. Uh, I know this is going to sound kind of, I know this is going to sound weird. These are not the impeachment hearings. The impeachment hearings have to be held in public by the House Judiciary Committee, he said. This is the initial interview of witnesses to see what they have to say to determine whether or not they are even worthy of presenting evidence of impeachment. And, of course, if you were watching any news this past week, you saw House Republicans storm the doors, basically, of these hearings which is not a good look and probably wasn't the most appropriate course of action. And I know there's there's frustration over not having these hearings in public. But again, Judge Napolitano uh, says, well, this is the Republicans doing. Well, uh, Britt Hume, also Fox News, took the initiative to reach out to former House Speaker John Boehner about this. And apparently Boehner told him the only change he made to House rules 
was one was uh, allowing committee chairmen or committee chairwomen to issue subpoenas on their authority alone without committee votes. No changes made, he said, to rules uh, on impeachment. Okay, well, if that's the case, then. Is this why Judge Napolitano said specifically this is not the impeachment, so therefore they are able to hold these behind closed doors because this technically is is not impeachment. They just are trying to gather evidence to see if they even want to go forward with articles of impeachment. Again, a lot of, lot of legal semantics, a lot of word salad that I, again, being lacking of, of legal acumen, have no clue, all right, what, what, this, what this entails. But again, to me... I think it would behoove them to to hold these you know hearings in public. Let the American people decide, you know. But again, it it's almost as if you know they're trying to you know form a narrative in order to to justify impeachment. And again, I'm not saying there's no there there. Uh, from everything that I've that I've been able to gather, there could be a strong case to be made that President Trump uh, abused his power. And at the end of the day, uh. Republic or excuse me, Democrats have the majority in the House, so they can pass articles of impeachment, and they could continue to you know either drag out the process or pass articles of impeachment, and then they can have a, a chanting point. They can say, "Well, President Trump was impeached," and and you know once the articles of impeachment are are, are approved by a simple majority in the House, then it goes to a trial in the Senate. And again, in order to throw the president out of office, there has to be a two-thirds majority, which is 67 senators. So that means all 47 Democrats have to be joined by 20 Republicans in the U.S. Senate in order to throw President Trump out of office. Now, is it is it even plausible that that could happen? Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't think so a couple of weeks ago, and I even I even said as much when this was first coming out. It's like, look, this is all grandstanding. It's all a charade. The Democrats have basically been talking about impeachment since Trump was elected. You know, before he even assumed office on January 20th, 2017, they were already talking about ousting him from office, that he was an illegitimate president. Hence the uh, uh, the whole uh, Russia thing, which ended up uh, that President Trump was not a Russian asset, okay, as many of them were breathlessly claiming and irresponsibly claiming. And now that's coming home to roost. If you've if you've seen this past week, the the uh, inquiry into the uh, Russia probe is now a uh, criminal investigation, and was it indeed triggered in order to undermine Trump's uh, rightful election? Okay, and I'm you know as always I'm skeptical that anybody's going to pay anybody of significance will pay a real price for this in Washington D.C. because it is still the swamp. As much as Trump's talking about draining the swamp, so we'll keep an eye upon that. But you know, and and if you're a conspiracy theorist, people are saying, well, you know, their Democrats are looking to gin up this impeachment talk to kind of take away from uh, the the criminal proceedings into the into the Russia probe and how that was whole started. And I I, I don't I'm skeptical of that because again, uh, there just there does seem to be. Uh, a legitimate case for uh, abuse of power, and and will it be made? We'll, we'll see. But getting back to my original point, uh, do I believe that there could possibly be twenty Republicans that could cross over and um, vote to throw the 
president out of office. Because again, if it's all 47 Democrats, 20 Republicans, that's what it would take. And uh, Henry Rogers, he writes for the Daily Caller, he actually reached out to the offices of all 53 Republican senators to try to get comment. And uh, I'll read an excerpt from a story real quick. Uh, Most Republican senators refused to rule out voting to remove President Donald Trump from office in an impeachment trial over the Ukraine scandal when contacted by the Daily Caller this week. The caller contacted all 53 Republican Senate offices Monday and Tuesday to ask if senators would rule out voting to remove Trump from office and received a variety of responses. Seven, seven, only seven senators explicitly rejected impeachment in their statement. So of the 46 Republican senators who did not rule out impeachment, full stop, uh, could, could there be 20 to support it? Uh, you know, there's no way to know for sure, but again, it it seemed unconscionable to me in the very recent past that there would even be that level of uncertainty among the GOP caucus. So uh, that's, that's, that's another aspect to keep an eye upon. I mean, you've got your usual suspects, someone like Mitt Romney, who's obviously been a Trump uh, critic since, well, I mean, before he was elected to, to Senator out of uh, Utah, you know, he, he's certainly someone that, uh, could go for it. Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Susan Collins of Maine. You know, these are some of your more moderate Democrats where uh, throwing the president out of office, uh, particularly in Maine, uh, might be something they'd go for. Uh, I don't know, Alaska, I don't, uh, Lisa Murkowski, she's kind of uh, kind of the one of these uh, uh, moderate Republicans, even though she represents a pretty red state in, in Alaska. And Mitt Romney is, you know, is Mitt Romney. So, uh, but could it get to 20? I I have no idea. I think it's perfectly acceptable to say, well, we're going to wait till the evidence is playing out. And that's what's so frustrating about this bitter partisan divide that's in Washington today. That should not be a controversial statement. We're not going to make a definitive decision on voting to throw the president out of office until all evidence is brought forth. But this is Trump's mindset. You know, he's a Republican and he demands 100% loyalty, blind allegiance from Republican senators, and that's not how this works. So saying we're going to wait, let the evidence play out, that shouldn't be a controversial statement, but here we are. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, the closer, filling in for my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, back in mere moments. Oh, wow! It can't be. Oh, yes, yes, yes! Oh, where have you been? If you snore, the first time you use Mute can be quite an experience. (laughs) I can breathe. I can breathe. Snoring can happen when your nose is blocked, forcing you to breathe through your mouth. Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device designed to increase airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. (laughs) Thanks to Mute, you get all the air you need through your nose and not your mouth which means less snoring and more chance of sleep. Oh, that's the best night I've had in years. In trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. To find your local store or for more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. 
Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. National competition for your business is eating away at your customer base faster than you can keep up. It's as if they have a backroom of digital marketing minions swallowing your customers one by one. And it's not a pretty sight. What if you could beat them with your own minions? You need Salem Surround, a full-service digital agency with all your digital marketing under one roof. When a potential customer searches for your product, do they find your business or the competition? Is your contact information accurate and everywhere it should be to reach today's digital consumer? Does your website have all the right tools to turn visitors into leads? We've got some solutions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to help get your message in front of today's digital audience. Audience. We'll help deliver customers by putting your business message in the right place at the right time. Don't just invest in a marketing strategy. You need to surround your target audience. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Did you know my mom's going to have a baby? She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said this is going to be someone very special. You mean like being a president? Or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast we'd like to uh, call The Closer. It's The Closer on the Headliner Edition. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. And we're here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at uh, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag Narn Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in again, filling in for my friend and colleague Mitch Berg, who is out on assignment today. Uh, I Mitch was supposed to fill in for me tomorrow. Unfortunately, that's not going to work out. But uh, we are going to have a best of a broadcast tomorrow. And by the way, if you did uh, miss my uh, interview with uh, sportscaster Tom Ryther, he, of course, was a longtime sportscaster for KSTP-TV and CARE 11 from the early 70s through the early 90s. Uh, we did an interview with him uh, late last month. Uh, that is going to be replayed tomorrow, so definitely catch that. Tom has some uh, fantastic uh, anecdotes to share, that is for sure. Going to uh, take a shift now into uh, our first guest of the broadcast. We are going to be joined. Uh, we are joined by Sarah Qualley. She with an organization entitled Personhood Alliance. Check out their fine website at personhood.org. We are going to uh, discuss... Uh, with Sarah regarding a uh, kind of a breakdown that they gave this uh, past week uh, regarding the Guttmacher, uh, the Guttmacher's Institute, Guttmacher Institute's uh, latest abortion incidents and service availability report. Uh, the good news is the overall abortion rate uh, has uh, dec- uh, decreased, but uh, they, as they say, the devil is in the details. So we are bringing in Sarah to kind of break that down a little bit for us. 
and the path going forward. Sarah Qualley, an honor to have you on the broadcast today. How are you? Thank you so much, Brad. I'm great. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us. We're going to get into this uh, Guttmacher Institute report in a little bit. But before we do, Sarah, uh, like I inst- introduced you, uh, you are with the uh, Personhood Alliance. Tell us a little bit about your role in the uh, role of Personhood Alliance, Sarah Qualley. Sure. Personhood Alliance is a confederation of independent pro-life organizations across the country. We currently have 25 affiliates, and we all unite on the principles of personhood. And we work to advance them in law and in the culture. And what this means is that our work to end legalized abortion and really every other attack on human life and human dignity, in that work, we don't make exceptions. And we seek to protect all human beings equally under the law. And in the culture, we work to educate people on how all of the, the issues that we see, all of the social and cultural issues are connected um, so that we can more effectively fight against them. Fantastic. Well, uh, definitely uh, work that we can support here on uh, on this broadcast, as well as our listeners, I'm certain. So we appreciate that. Uh, I guess let's first uh, get into uh, this uh, particular report uh, with the, from the uh, Guttmacher Institute. Again, this is uh, examining abortion trends and rates from 2014 uh, to 2017. As I alluded to, Sarah, that the overall abortion rate seems to be decreasing. And uh, people hear that and they say, well, that's good news. There seems to be a, uh, kind of an uptick in, in pro-life sentiment. And with the science and technology of an ultrasound, people can see very clearly that it is a viable human being formed in the womb. Well, of course, the abortion rate is going to drop. But as I mentioned also, Sarah, that the, the devil is in the details. Uh, why don't you maybe uh, kind of unpack uh, some of the below-surface numbers that, you know, while the rate is dropping, there are some very uh, specific reasons for that, Sarah Qualley. Yes, and I, I think before I get into that, I want to say that that the spirit that I that I did some research and sort of digging past all of the celebrations and the high fives, you know, on both sides, mm-hmm. was that you know what if we're gonna if we're gonna effectively fight one of the greatest human injustices in history, we have to understand whether or not our strategies are working, and if they're not working, what we should be doing instead. So I I sort of took that into my research and I climbed underneath and I was looking for why are these declines happening? And what I found from, from Guttmacher's own numbers is that laws that restrict and regulate abortions cannot be attributed to the declines. They can't find a pattern there. There is no consistent pattern. They're also finding that the closures of abortion facilities can't be attributed to the declines. Again, no pattern can be found. And I think that's really surprising to a lot of people. But they they looked at particularly states that lost abortion clinics or that um, added more restrictions. And they looked all over the place and could not find a specific pattern. What they also saw is that some of the states that saw declines in abortion rates took major steps to increase abortion. States like California and New York saw abortion rate decreases, even though they liberalized their laws. So it's really all over the place. And they were they, they have actually um, told us that in the last couple of reports. But this one, I think, really looked at the closing of abortion facilities as well. And I think what we have to understand about that is, is when abortion facilities close, Planned Parenthood comes in and grabs that market share. Um, in Minnesota, for example... In 2010, 35% of the abortions in Minnesota were done by the mega 
the mega of Planned Parenthood in St. Paul, and now in 2018, it was 63% of the abortions. That's a huge wow. increase of abortions right. done at the at the, the mega Planned Parenthood in St. Paul. And so what we see is as clinics close, Planned Parenthood, they just come in and they gobble up that market share. And so there's things like that that we have to consider um, in individual locations in the state. And again, Guttmacher could not find that those clinic closures had any effect on the national numbers. We can also see that birth control use is not increasing overall. Now, that's a surprise, too, because we would think that the argument is, well, it's just you know, more people are have, taking birth control, then the abortion rate goes down. Right. Dutmacher's not finding that. And that's interesting because that's a lot of the rhetoric on the pro-abortion side. And all of this is really, and that's why I think it's important to look at, look behind these celebrations, because neither side is giving us the, the picture that, that is really what is happening, the truth here on the ground. Um, we also see that pregnancies and births are declining. So we can't make the claim that more women are choosing life. The fertility rate in America over the last 10 years has been under replacement value. And so that's wow. not what's happening. Um, there, there are a lot of really surprising things. Americans' views of abortion, when we look not only at, uh, at Guttmacher, but at Gallup, and Pew Research, and Marist Polls, and Barna Research Group. And I did that. I looked at all of these different data sets, and I brought them all together. And what we find is that Americans' views of abortion are not based on principle. They're based on situation ethics. So it matters when the abortion happens. It matters for what reason. And so we are not becoming more pro-life. And I think in that area of culture is where we see the most alarming statistics that nobody is talking about. What about your organization personally? Obviously, you, you hear a lot of these laws that were uh, that are being uh, passed in a lot of these states. Obviously, uh, uh, there's been a lot of publicity for these heartbeat bills. Once a heartbeat is sure. detected, they're like particularly in the state of, uh, of Georgia, for example, was one that's been in the news that once a heartbeat is detected, they outlaw abortions. I know there's been courts that have been uh, issuing injunctions, holding these up. And then you take the other end of the spectrum, like New York State, where it's basically they make cases, well, uh, uh, if a physician determines that uh, a mother's health is in jeopardy, they can uh, authorize abortions literally up until moments before birth. Right. I know Virginia was trying to pass some legislation. Thankfully, that was shot down. So from your organization's perspective, uh, are you fully invested into the legislative aspect of this? Or or because you're, because this research has indicated that legislation doesn't necessarily have an effect on abortion. Are you taking more of the tack that, hey, look, we need to be fully engaged, boots on the ground, changing hearts and minds and pushing legislation aside? Are you taking more of the uh, the latter tack, Sarah Qualley? No, we believe that, that there, those two, the political and the grassroots, are equally important. Okay. But what we won't do at the political level is sacrifice any human being in order to make political gains. And so we believe that exceptions are not acceptable, right? Exceptions for disability, for the rape conceived, yep. um, for, for babies with poor prognoses. So there are a lot of exceptions that are made. And most of the heartbeat laws around the country do have exceptions. The one in Georgia has exceptions mm-hmm. for both disability and rape. Um, so we do not align our, ourselves with those. But there, okay. there are a lot of different st- strategies at the personhood level. Um, obviously, one is a personhood amendment at the state level, constitutional amendment. There are many other things, many other creative things, as a matter of fact, that can be done legislatively and judicially through personhood. We also work in the culture, very much boots on the ground, 
very much having the local level, each community get out into the community and start to shift um, strategies at that level, start to get, start to raise up the right people to put them in office at the state level to stop this compromise that happens around human life. We believe that there that bills that try to restrict abortion at 20 weeks because of pain capability or, um, you know, that ban specific abortion procedures, that all of those do not obviously protect all humans equally. And until we start doing that, we're going to keep seeing these abortion numbers. They may be declining, but I think it's very, very, very interesting for us to look at what's actually happening in the first trimester, because when we look at 88% of the abortions, um, right now are occurring in the first 12 weeks. That's the first trimester of pregnancy. And of those abortions, almost half now are done by the abortion pill. Now, abortions are becoming more and more concentrated in the first trimester, and those are going to continue to increase. What we're seeing is um, trends like what's called self-managed abortion. Mm. You have entire websites, legal firms, books now out, um, social campaigns, training instructing women how to obtain the abortion pill illegally online and then facilitate their own abortions either at home or in their dorm room at college. Um, this will happen exponentially now that California is, is mandating the abortion pill on campuses. This is really going to start to be pushed across the country. You have organizations like the ACLU, the American Medical Association, even the American College of OBGYNs calling for the FDA to lift restrictions on the abortion pill. Now, that's RU-46. That's different from emergency contraception. But they want this. They want the abortion pill to be available over the counter. And so when we think about how the the national pro-life movement, how politically we've been engaging in the abortion fight really for the past 40-some years, it's been these little slivers in this giant pie And if we're talking about almost nine out of 10 abortions occurring in the first trimester, we're not even touching those. No one's talking about them. Mm -hmm. The pro-life movement does not, the mainstream pro-life movement does not have a strategy to deal with what we are seeing on the ground. And the personhood is right in the middle of all of that because we understand that that the only way to stop abortion, legalized abortion, and then to make it unthinkable in the culture is to take everything back down to the foundation and start really helping people understand that we just can't compromise anymore. Look at what's happening. Yes, the abortion numbers may be decreasing, but we're painting ourselves in a corner. We're not even touching nine out of 10 abortions that are happening. And we're actually doing the opposite. We're celebrating. You're probably familiar with the Marist poll that comes out every January and the pro-life movement and and most conservative media celebrated that um, not too long ago, and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on these ad campaigns to just really say, "This is it's in this great America." You know what? Seventy-five percent of respondents to this Marist poll said that they want abortion limited to the first trimester. Well, wait a minute. Okay, so that's three fourths of Americans mm, want right. almost ninety percent of abortions to remain legal. Now that is a huge huge problem, no question. especially mm. when abortions are being concentrated in the first trimester and we're seeing the abortion pill just skyrocket. These are real things that are happening that are not being addressed. Once again, we are joined by uh, Sarah Qualley. Her analysis of the uh, Guttmacher Institute's report 
on the uh, abortion rates. Uh, yeah, as we mentioned at the outset, they seem to be declining, but there is definitely a lot of uh, reasons behind that, and, uh, and the analysis <laughs> very sobering, to say the least. We only have a couple of yeah. minutes remaining, Sarah. Uh, we do want to get to a caller on a line, too. Vincent has a, a question for you. Go ahead, Vincent. You're on with Sarah Qualley. Yes, Aloha from St. Paul. Uh, on the dial, radial dial, 1330 is a Catholic a Holy Roman Catholic radio station here in, on, in St. Paul. And at 11.30 this morning, they were talking about in Texas, sanctuary cities for life. There are cities in Texas or sanctuary cities for life. Have you ever heard about that? Thanks for the call, Vincent. Uh, I have not. Sarah, is that uh, something that you're familiar with? Absolutely. So we, those sanctuary cities are not part of our Sanctuaries for Life effort, but we do have a national effort right now at Personhood Alliance called Sanctuaries for Life. And if people are interested in that, they can go to our website um, and drop down the Take Action button. But Sanctuaries for Life are um, areas of the country, and we have a, a three-phased approach. The first phase is to pass a resolution that establishes the legal and the moral um, foundation for becoming a sanctuary. Then in phase two, we get the churches and the communities out to start, um, to start building support systems, to start taking back charity, to start doing things in the community to support moms and dads and families and honoring life. And then in phase three, we actually stand up and come behind the local officials and uh, pass some ordinances or statutes that actually forbid abortion mm-hmm. from ever coming into that particular area. Okay. And we actually have rolled out an entire county in North Carolina, Yadkin County in North Carolina, Pearl, Mississippi, just became a sanctuary. Our efforts are different than some of the sanctuaries that are popping up in Texas. Those are our, re- our efforts to pass a resolution, but we think that our phased approach it is really how we're going to take back um, the the making abortion unthinkable in the community because it's the community going back out and building that culture of life. We we say it as kind of divesting from the culture of death and investing in the culture of life. It's a very very exciting initiative that that we're leading across the country and we have of our 25 affiliates all are involved in some way, but we have I believe six now that are actively identifying places to set up our faced approach. And so it's a really exciting time on the grassroots level. And we believe that that, in addition to making sure that our laws and our our political engagement are not compromised, is really how we're going to fight this and win this battle. Once again, we've been joined by Sarah Qualley. She with the Personhood Alliance. Check out their website, personhood.org. And I know uh, many of our listeners uh, can get behind these efforts. Uh, Sarah, we appreciate uh, your time today, and uh, thank you for the yeoman's work we're undertaking. Obviously, still a lot ahead of us, to be sure, as you've uh, pointed out today. Uh, but we appreciate uh, your support for this, and uh, thanks for appearing today. Thanks so much, Brad. Have a good day. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson, in for Mitch Berg. One final segment coming up this hour. Go nowhere. Penny does not build. AM 1280, The Patriot. The world of business and investing is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the info? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, reading trade magazines, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. 
That's where Business 1440 steps in. We're your on-air guide through the fast-paced financial and business landscape. Up-to-the-minute business and investing news. Streaming now at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Have you heard about ImplantMiracle.com? It's the local dental office where beautiful, top-quality, long-lasting dental implants cost as low as $2,499 per tooth. Why is that such a big deal? Because when many other places charge $4,000, $5,000, even $6,000 per tooth, our price, as low as $2,499 per tooth, is a great, great deal. Plus, at ImplantMiracle.com, your consultation with the dentist is free. Standard x-rays are free. And if If you don't have all of the money on hand right now, come in to see us anyway, because in most cases, we can provide very easy, very convenient payment options to fit your budget. So please, please do not overpay for dental implants. Instead, come to ImplantMiracle.com, where dental implants are affordable. You're going to love the way they look and feel in your mouth. For more information, please see our website, ImplantMiracle.com. That's ImplantMiracle.com. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. One size fits all. It's the biggest lie in the world. Not true for clothes, not true for closets. But most so-called custom closet companies actually use prefab sizes that just sort of fit all spaces. Closet and Storage Concepts custom builds your design in their shop, so it fits like a tailored suit. You can choose from a huge selection of materials and finishes to reflect your personal style. And because they custom build, they can also outfit your garage, mudroom, craft space, or any other space. Visit closetandstorageconcepts.com. Welcome back, Cam 12 to the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitch Berg. And here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. Actually, no phone calls for the rest of this hour. We can take some in the second hour, though, because we only got a couple of minutes left in this segment. Again, we appreciate uh, Sarah Qualley joining us from the Personhood Alliance. Again, you can go to personhood.org and uh, see their breakdown and digging into the details of the Guttmacher Institute's latest abortion incidents and service availability report. You know, I get that, and as Sarah alluded to, that everybody's going to look at the numbers and and kind of boil them down through their own uh, uh, worldview and political prism. I get all that. But the fact that the abortion abortion rate is decreasing, and, and Sarah did a nice job of outlining it, and it was, like I say, very sobering analysis, the fact that, uh, birth rate is decreasing, and the uh, influx of the uh, abortion pill, morning after pill, which isn't as easy to track as obviously uh, t- 
typical abortions where you know women are going to a clinic, that also plays a role in it too. So um, there's a lot of work to do on the pro-life side. There's no doubt about it, and it's going to require eternal vigilance, and we know that many people are committed to it. And, you know, we were all shocked when we heard the law that was being proposed in Virginia and the law that actually did pass in New York where you a physician could make a case or make the determination with the, obviously, the, the uh, input of the mother, of course. You know, if the mother says uh, doesn't want to carry it to term or can't carry it to term for whatever reason, the physician can make the determination, yeah, the sh- baby should be aborted even if it's a day or two from being born. Okay, everybody, uh, you know, the vast majority of the country reacts in horror to to that particular notion. Okay, that's easy to oppose, but you know, as as Sarah might have alluded to, a lot of people on the pro life side are lauding a lot of these heartbeat bills, you know, or abortion, you know, or pain bills, where you know, obviously the uh, some states you know, went with it, it made the determination, you know, uh, they're going off research where it's been determined that a baby can feel pain at you know twenty weeks in the womb. And therefore, no abortions beyond 20 weeks. Well, what about prior to 20 weeks? And that's the personhood alliance's goal is that all human life is valuable, regardless, uh, you know, from literally from the moment of conception. That's what they're conveying. And yet too many people, as as Sarah indicated in in the pro-life cause, are lauding the fact that these bills are being passed with no abortions beyond 20 weeks. What about prior to 20 weeks? So there's a lot of work to do. There's no doubt about it. But uh, I think Abraham Lincoln said uh, the uh, possibility we might fail in the struggle ought not to be determined. Uh, the pos- the po- probability we might fail in the struggle uh, should not deter us from supporting a cause we believe to be just. So this is a just cause. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments. Me, Brad Carlson, filling in for Mitch Berg. Back in a few. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Hey, it's Sean here from Serenity Home Interiors, and it's that time of year. The holidays are right around the corner, and life gets chaotic. Soon, family and friends will be in and out of your home. Now is the perfect time to treat yourself to an early present and replace that faded old carpeting or drab laminate flooring with brand new flooring from Serenity. We proudly carry a wide variety of floorings to fit both your tastes and budget. Serenity knows how busy life gets, so we've made it easier for you. Now we offer a free, no-obligation, no-pressure in-home consultation, including measurements. At your request, one of our Serenity professionals visits your home with a variety of samples in hand. Once you decide on the perfect product and that you like Serenity's low, straightforward pricing, as our gift to you, we'll schedule your installation to make sure it's completed before the holidays. So this holiday season, give yourself the gift of beautiful new flooring by calling us today at 952-303-4033 or easily schedule online at shi-mn.com. Again, that's shi-mn.com. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. 
The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 to Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. AM 1280, The Patriot is done.